0: Good morning. For those that were here last week, you'll remember that we looked at the um, Gideon story and how 300 men conquered a whole army with the wonderful tools of a torch in one hand and a trumpet in the other. Remember that? You used to just going out. I know many in your heads are thinking, well, I should be there as well. But you're older than you think. (laughs) Uh, There are uh, many Old Testament stories. There's Joshua who's fighting the battle down on the ground. And uh, he's winning. And he's winning because Moses is holding his hands up. And when he gets tired, he drops his hand and Joshua starts losing so two men come and stand and say, as long as your hands are up, Joshua will win. Another story, there's the whole of Jerusalem is starving to death. And a huge army is outside the walls. And King Hezekiah is literally tearing his hair out and got a, um, a ticklish shirt on. And he doesn't know what to do. And the prophet comes and says, tomorrow, this will all be over. And God sweeps in and destroys the army. And tomorrow, it was all over. And there are many stories in the Old Testament of supernatural wins, wins that shouldn't happen. You don't normally win a battle with a torch and a trumpet. You don't normally win a battle with God just saying, it'll all be over tomorrow. You don't win many battles by standing on a hill with your hands up, because the battle is God's, and it was him that's working the victory. So if we can have the slides up, please, because if you'd like to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, or on your phones, to Ephesians chapter (coughs) 6. This is from the New Living Bible. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armour so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil, Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And over these next, I think it's three or four weeks, we're going to be looking at these verses in a little bit more detail. But I want to look just at verses 10, um, well, verse 12 today. For verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And then verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. As Christians, we are in a real battle. And it is as real as the physical battles of the Old Testament. And the answer to winning the battle is the same. It is God. But our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. We love people, I hope. We love those that aren't like us. We love those who are like us. We love those who have different histories to us. We love those of different social standing to us. I hope that we love all people, no matter who they are, what they stand for. We may not like what they stand for, but I hope that we love the people. Because behind what people stand for, behind that which goes wrong in our world, is this, is this vast array of rulers, authorities, powers, and spiritual forces of evil and they reflect the devil's nature. And the devil is a destroyer, he's a liar, and as it said in our reading, he's evil. And it's not a nice, comforting type of evil. It is the evilest of the evilest of the evilest. It's cunning, deceptive, it's mean, And it's nasty. Just say after me. It's cunning. It's deceptive. It's evil. And it's nasty. And it's against me. (laughs) Because sometimes you can have a very nice pretty picture of the devil. You know, he's all dressed in his red outfit with his little try whatever it is, with the three forks on and he's sort of smiling benevolently. I won't really hurt you. (laughs) Hurt you, he's out to destroy you. And I, I labor this because we need to know that these are the huge array of forces against us. Rulers, authorities, powers, and spiritual forces of evil. Now we could spend quite a lot of time talking about what they are. All we need to know is, firstly, they exist. Firstly, they are nasty. And what Paul says about them in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, where he says this. He's talking about the power that God exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority and powers and dominions and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age but also in the one to come. So we have this whole array of evil powers and forces that are against us, but this whole array have already been defeated. And we are, we are, we are in the middle where they are still around, but they, we haven't quite seen their full defeat yet. In Revelation chapter 12, um, <coughs> again you could spend hours on this, But basically, there's a picture there where the devil comes down to destroy Jesus. That doesn't work. And so then, enraged, he goes throughout the world to try and destroy the followers of Jesus. That's a very quick break, but it's okay marking it. (laughs) So we have an enraged devil who is defeated that is coming against us and is out to get us. But... They are already defeated. So, point number one is we are in a battle and it's a dirty one, it's a dirty one. When I was younger, (laughs) um, I think we must have done a history lesson or something, and the Geneva Convention came up. You know, this is how to fight the war cleanly, sort of properly, according to the rules. And it really confused me. It's like, if you're in a war, you want to win. What are the rules all about? (laughs) And it really sort of, why have rules? Now I'm a little bit older and a little bit more worried about if a war happened. I'm quite happy that there might be rules to it. But at the time I just thought, why have rules? If you're going to have a war, have a war. We face a war without rules. And we need to hear that. Point two is how do we win? Who wants to win? Great. Well, the first thing is we don't. We can't win this war. These powers and authorities and rulers of evil, they're far, far stronger than us. We don't have a hope. But we can win with God's power what's next slide up. God's power as people filled with the Holy Spirit, part of God's family, we now have the power that Jesus exerted. What did I say? It's my wife is laughing. Oh, <laughs> Spell-checker check, spell is no good if you spell the word right, but it's the wrong word, is it? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, for those like me who wouldn't have noticed, we'll get to it in a minute. The power that Jesus exerted when he raised us to, from the dead and, it, and overcame all these rulers and authorities is the same power that we have. But to fight these forces, we need to walk in that power. Secondly... <laughs> Well, thirdly, as we will see as we go over the next couple of weeks, we need God's armor. Our strategies, our planning, our brains, they just aren't enough. Our physical being isn't enough. We need God's armor, and we'll be looking at that. We need, just come back to God's power. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord. <laughs> now, the question is, how can we be strong in God? As um, David was once fighting a battle, um, or well, at least he came back and discovered his town had been destroyed. So he needed to go and rescue um, all his wife and the wives of all his mates and all their, their goodies. And they all sit down. They've, had a, they've been fighting one war, They've sat down and David says, right lads, up and Adam. And they all go, hang on a minute, we're just too tired. We can't do this. So it says, a little verse says, David strengthened himself in God. He so I can't do this. So he went to God. Now it's rather a cliche, but how do we strengthen ourselves in God. Well, Acts, Acts 2.42 tells us how to do it. Teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. The simple disciplines of living a Christian life. Reading our Bible. Looking to understand our Bibles. Applying our Bibles. Fellowshiping together. Breaking bread. From next week, we'll be having communion every third Sunday, (coughs) and I've noticed something recently in our household, is Leslie and I don't always, in fact very rarely, have said grace for our food, partly because of the way I think, if I'm going to say thank you for food, I want to know what it tastes like before I say thank you. I have been to some rather remote rural places where I have said grace, literally, and it's been in my head, and I've looked at the plate and I've said, God, I'll get it down, you keep it down. (laughs) But recently, as we've been having dinner, we've been saying thank you. And you know, I think part of the reason that we've been saying thank you more is because we haven't had communion as a company of people because communion is about breaking bread together. It's about eating together. And I think we've missed the fact that we've not been breaking bread before we've eaten. So suddenly, we're saying thank you again. It's really weird. Um, Leslie's thinking, hmm. Anyway, breaking bread is an, is an important part, and prayer. Then we need God's armour. But think, think about spiritual warfare. Is the, is the word that comes out most in these verses that we read, is the word stand. Now, <laughs> I come from Hastings on the south coast, and as people in Hastings like to say, because we're very British, the Battle of Hastings was the last war we lost. <laughs> so we celebrate it with great style. I don't know why, that's just very British. Most people celebrate their successes. And the Battle of Hastings was lost because King William was in a strong position. He was on the top of a hill. Um, And in 1966, when I was 10 years old, we had a big celebration and we went to the field and we went to the hill where he lost this battle. And I can still feel the... Feeling inside me when I went to this field and there were just sheep. (laughs) I was expecting dead bodies everywhere. It's only a thousand years old. Uh, That's a ten-year-old at the time. But he was in a strong position. But he gave up that strong position because he thought the enemy was retreating and he was drawn into a trap. He left his strong position. And what we have to do is to stand, to maintain what God has given to us. So you you can get people that are chasing after demons and powers and strongholds. And sometimes that's good, sometimes it's right. Sometimes I think it's just a little bit of spiritual arrogance. We stand. We stand on what God has given to us. We've been adopted into his family. We've been forgiven. We're people who are clean in the sight of God. He's clothed us so that we can come into his very throne room. We shine in the world like bright stars. And if we just stand, the enemy will not prevail against us. He will not win. Whatever comes against us, we will win. We are holy, righteous, adopted, anointed. We're children of the living God. And we were singing today, our God reigns. He is our God and he does reign forever and ever and ever. But there's one thing that many Western people particularly miss about these verses. Yinka, could you come here? Yinka's here. Am I talking to Yinka? No, fun. No. Come on, I thought, Gifty. Gifty, come out. Sorry, I completely got your name wrong. Come out, Gifty. Excellent. Stand there a minute. This is Gifty, whose name I got completely wrong, <coughs> as ever. Gareth, come here. It's very, very simple. Gifty, you're holy, righteous, pure and clean. Thank you. Gareth, you are holy, righteous, pure and clean, except for the next... Two minutes. (laughs) When you are wicked, evil and horrible. (laughs) Just stand there, Gifty. Okay, just stand there. I just want you to put your arm on her shoulder. Yeah. That was easy, wasn't it? Come with me, Gifty. Just stand here. And everyone else, just surround her. All those people, just surround her. All you've got to do is to stop Gareth touching Gifty's shoulder. <laughs> See how violent this gets. <laughs> right, you won, Gareth lost. Give him a round of applause. He's back to being pure, clean, holy and righteous. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gifty. These verses were written to the church and in the plural. Most of us see spiritual warfare. Can we have next slide, please? In fact, I think it's the next one after that. Yeah. Oh, no. Go forward one more. Most of us see spiritual warfare like this, where each of us are fighting our little battles in our little patch, in our families at work, around the streets. We're like that. And basically, it's really easy to pick off the odd shoulder odd, odd, the, the soldier on their own, as we did with gifty. These verses are written to the church. And although they have individual application, they are important for the church. And the church should look like this. Together. Now, prophetically, I would say that as a church, we need to be wary. I believe with all my heart, as Adrian said today, <coughs> he is giving us more authority as a church, more, more authority to change the world that we are living in. But I also believe we are not close enough as a church together. I believe, go back one slide please Joseph. Thank you. I believe there are too many gaps between us. There are gaps of, I feel I have to be right before I can come to church. I feel I need to be perfect to be here. Who's perfect? None of us. I feel I won't be accepted if I come. I don't speak right. I come from a different place. My family background is dreadful. I've screamed at my children today. I'm ill and it's my illness and it's causing me pain but I can't share it. I'm depressed. I can't sing along with joy. I better not go. One of the values that we talked about in the summer was being a church of a safe place, a place where no matter how you feel, who you are, what you've done during the week, church is a safe place because all the time you're standing on your own, you can be picked off. And to put it bluntly, the weaker you are feel The worse you feel, the less perfect you feel, the more you should be in the centre with those around you supporting, protecting, encouraging you. And as we move forward now, we have got to draw closer together. We've got to be willing to share our weaknesses, our temptations we need to be aware of people who like crowds and people who don't like crowds people who need a bit of space and people that need to be center of attention and recognize that all of those are valid we need to apply at a deeper level, that our gifts are different. Not everyone is going to make it on the stage. Not everyone is a preacher. In fact, some of us are preacher ain't that good, but anyway, <laughs> not everyone has the same gifts, but we all have the same value. Before God and before each other. And that's one of the reasons when we have our meal on the 29th, <laughs> the only way to get closer is to spend time. WhatsApp groups are really good for quick communication, but you don't learn a lot from a text or a WhatsApp group or from an email. What our world, and I would say particularly our young people are crying out for, is physical communication and contact. And the only way we can do that is by being together. So when we have our lunch in a couple of weeks, bring some sandwiches, spend an hour together with us after the service, talk to people, ask them questions, (laughs) listen. Listen to people. As we, as we have our week of prayer, our week of prayer is not so we can tick off a box. Our week of prayer is so that we can take our stand and say, you may be there, rulers, authorities, and evil powers, but we're God's people bringing God's kingdom into the world. Can you go back a couple of slides? Right, yeah. So, this, the book of Ephesians is written into the context of a cosmic reconciliation. People with God, Jew with Gentile, people being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. And when Paul brings in this armor of God, he is saying to the church, You stand like this, and you will stand against those rulers, authorities, powers and evil forces. I'm going to ask Mark to come and share some stories from his time in Turkey or wherever.
1: That's really helpful. and I think I particularly like the bit about it's not um, like crazy or scary. We don't have to do anything. We just have to stand firm. And um, I think that's really something that I want to just emphasize now. So we had so many stories from our time in, in, in Turkey. Um, and it was, it was really interesting at the beginning of the service. I think both Gareth was talking about authority and then Leslie read that, um, uh, that passage. And in, in Turkey, it's Muslim majority, 99% or something Muslim. And if someone feels like they have a lot of spiritual attack or demons or something like that, because people think like that in Turkey, that's a bit weird in the UK maybe, But in a lot of cultures, people might think, oh, I've got a demon affecting me. I want to get rid of it. I want freedom. So they would often go to the mosque, and they would ask the imam there, and they'd say, can you pray for me to get rid of this demon? And sometimes they'd be able to, and sometimes they wouldn't. And if they weren't able to, the imam would say, well, this is a special case. This is extra difficult. This one, only the priests can do. So you need to go to the church and ask a priest to pray for you even there, they realize Jesus has the ultimate authority more than them. And I, I, I've seen this. I work a lot in, um, in South Africa and some other African countries at the moment, and I, I've seen a similar sort of thing there maybe. And again, maybe, maybe this is something that some of you can relate to, is that people say, oh, we're Christian, but then they're also doing other things to appease the spirits or to, um, you know, to be, because they're, they're, they're still afraid. They're, they're like, well, we, wanna, we need to hedge, hedge our bets. You know, Jesus, yes, we follow him. We know he's strong. But also, we're a bit concerned about some of these other things, and we want to just make sure. And so I just wanted to share some, some stories from, um, uh, from Turkey. So... Um, one of, the, one of the pictures that I often like to use when we're explaining is that, that demons are just like a, a wound that gets infected. So, you know, you know if you've got uh, an infection in a wound, you have to clean it out, don't you? And you have to wash it and put some, you know, some salt or iodine or, or antibiotics or something on it, and then it heals by itself. And I think it's like that with the demonic. It's a spiritual wound that maybe before we became Christians, we allowed to fester and after we've come to faith, we, we need to clean that out so that these, these demons or these spiritual forces can't stick around. Um, so there's a couple of stories. There was one lady in our church. She said she came in one day. She'd been a Christian for maybe six months. And she came in and she said, I've just got this horrible feeling of something following me wherever I go, this, like, dark thing that just feels like it's following me. I can't sleep. I have these nightmares. feels like someone's strangling me in my sleep. And that's, again, that's very common um, in, in, in Turkey. And so we said, well, let's, let's pray. And I think a common theme of all of these stories is, well, I don't have a clue. I don't have any special gifting. Let's ask Jesus. What does he, what does he say? What does he see? And so we said, well, let's, let's pray about this then. What does Jesus want to tell you? And um, we prayed, and she said, well, I remember I've got these tarot cards. I haven't used them since after I became a Christian, but I used to be very into tarot and had subscriptions to websites and all of these things. And I think Jesus is asking me to get rid of those cards. So he said, okay, well, that sounds, you know, that sounds like a good thing to do. So she told us the following day, she said, I went home, I took the cards out to the garden and I I burnt them because I said, I want to be free of this. She said, I came back inside and I felt this, like, lifting, this, this sort of freedom that came. And then I I opened my computer and I got this email from the moment that I'd burnt my cards. And it was from the tarot website saying, you've not been on for a while. We've canceled your subscription. (laughs) Um, There was another girl we were praying for. Again, she'd just become a a, a Christian a a while ago. And she was having very similar um, experience. And so we, we prayed with her. And she said, well, it's just come to my mind in my wallet I've got this little um, thing they call a muska, or an amulet. It's like Arabic writing. It's like a spell, basically, to protect me. And it was something, my fa- I don't believe in it, but my family gave it to me, and they said, you have to carry this so it will protect you. And she said, I, I feel kind of uncomfortable about that now. So she we said, well, OK. So she-, she took it out. She said, I want, to- I want to get rid of it. But then when she saw it, it's like she couldn't quite let go. It had some sort of a, a hold on her. Um, And so again, we kind of took it outside and she said, okay, I'm going to burn this and so she burnt it and again She had that that freedom we didn't we didn't know about any of these things They hadn't crossed these people's minds, but when we prayed and asked Jesus he showed them very specifically What was what was needing to be done? Um, and it can it can happen as Christians as well that we sometimes get these sort of spiritual attacks, I think especially when we're talking about the, the demonic or the spiritual. Satan, as Dave said, is trying to destroy us and sway us. And so oftentimes we would, when we've been praying for people or after events like this, we would have horrible nightmares or dreams or, um, or, or things like this. And again, we would just cry out to Jesus and say, save us from this, and he would come and The things would would go away. So I do want to testify there is massive power in the name of Jesus, and he is above all other powers. We can trust only in him. And the reason Dave asked me to share is because at the end of Adrian's talk last week, um, I I had a couple of verses. I had a little thing that I wanted wanted to share about spiritual attack there. So Adrian last week was talking about Gideon, and the situation in Israel there it says in in Judges, was that um, Israel was sowing and making all of their crops and everything. And just as it was coming to harvest, the Midianites would sweep in, the Israelites would run off afraid, and the Midianites would take all of their sheep and goats and donkeys and harvest and crops and everything. So it was like the Israelites were working and working and working, but they just weren't seeing anything from it. And... This might seem a little bit of a strange thing, and to be honest, I don't quite understand it myself. But I was feeling like there's maybe some people here who are feeling this, like, I just keep on working, but I can't get any joy. I keep on working, but the moment it feels like something's going to happen, it just gets taken away from me. And we know that Satan comes to steal and destroy. And. It's difficult, if not impossible, to say, oh, this thing's Satan, this thing's just, you know, bad luck or, or something. But, again, I feel like it would be really good now to just pray and ask Jesus, um, is there something that we're meant to repent of or to stop doing? Or, you know, is, is there something spiritual behind all of this? So, um, I don't know how we want to do this. Can I just lead a time of prayer or something? Um, so, I think let's, let's stand to our feet. And I think there's a few things that it would be great um, to pray about. So maybe, maybe you're not a Christian and you're thinking, I'm, I'm under this sort of spiritual oppression. Just please ask someone near you to, to pray for you. Um, maybe, um, maybe you're feeling like, I'm, I'm trusting Jesus, but I'm also scared of some of these other things. And again, like Dave was saying, let's, let's ask people around us to, to just to, 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 to pray for us and to help us with this. Maybe you're feeling today like you're under some sort of spiritual oppression, like some of these stories that I shared. And let's just pray to Jesus then, and just ask Jesus. Look, Jesus, what is this? Is there something that I'm meant to, um, I, I'm meant to repent of or stop doing, or, or, or something from my past that I'm maybe even not aware of? Please show me. Um, we had another lady in our church who used to be a fortune teller and had this amazing gift after she came to faith. She could literally see these demons kind of moving around in people. So maybe you would like to pray for pray for this gift. Maybe you feel like you're going through um, a difficult time at the moment that, that might even be, be spiritual, and you would like Jesus to come and um, be with you and to defend you against all of this. So if if one of these things resonates with you, do you want to just put your hand up and maybe some people around you can just come and, and pray with you? So I, I just want to pray. If you just want to put your hands up now if you, would, if you would like to receive prayer for some of these things that I've spoken about. And let's just ask Jesus to come and to bring freedom and healing here. So Jesus, thank you that as we've been hearing about this morning, all power and authority is yours. Thank you that it's not Jesus and something else, but it's Jesus only, that you are the strongest, that even in Turkey, the Imams believe that you are stronger than anything that they've got. So Jesus, please come now to each of us. If there are people that are living with spiritual oppression in their lives. Jesus, please come and just show what they need to do and give them the strength and help for this. Jesus, we want to be standing with each other as a family of believers so that Satan can't attack us. I pray this week if anyone is feeling under this, they would be able to reach out to some Christian friends and receive prayer And I pray you would open Um, our eyes and open our minds to people that we should reach out, offer to pray for Jesus. I pray for gifts of discernment amongst people here, Lord. I pray for your spiritual gift of discerning spirits to come upon people, that we would be stronger as a church together with this. And I, I want to pray for anyone that's had um, experience of the occult in the past, Lord. I pray for your freedom from that, for your release, and for anything that might still be following them to be, to be gone in the name of Jesus. And, yeah, I pray for anyone with a wounded heart. I, I pray that um, you would just reveal to us now places where we have spiritual wounds that we've allowed to fester and that you want to help us clean out. Jesus, please come and bring healing and forgiveness and freedom to many people here. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.
0: Just stand a moment. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Dave. Jesus, in you, we are not afraid. You're the way. You're the truth. You're the life. Amen. Amen i encourage you maybe to re-listen to Dave. Just going kind to of finish. Sorry. Just, just to finish. Can, Joseph, can you go to the last slide? I'm going to read this one to you. We are in a battle. Jesus is victorious. We stand together in his power, his authority and his armour. We are the church... A force unleashed on the world to bring the blessing of God through repentance, faith, baptism, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, if you are part of God's church, can you just put your hand up, please? I'm going to pray for you. Father, we declare that you have made us alive with Christ, that you have forgiven all our sins, you have cancelled the charge of legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us, you have taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and you have disarmed the powers, authorities, and made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross, and it's in that cross that we stand as your children, And we ask you, Father, that as open door, you will enable us to move forward in your authority and your power together to demonstrate the victory that you have won for us. Amen.